Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Tim Wright here, along with Dr. Michael Gurian, coming to you from Peoria, Arizona, or Glendale, Arizona, for me, and, and uh, for Michael Spokane, Washington. We're glad to have you with us for the Wonder of Parenting podcast, and uh, today we're going to tackle something that I think is a, a really important topic, and we'll get to it in just a moment. We do want to, as we always do when we start the show, say thanks to our sponsors, and you never know when you might need them, so we just keep letting you know about them. And if nothing else, these are the folks who make it possible for us to come to you free of charge. The Forge School is a place for boys who are struggling, and Michael has worked with them for months on curriculum, program. Uh, Michael, tell us what impresses you the most about this school. I think I'm most impressed with their combination of, of the their attachment model and trauma-based, you know, trauma healing model, and, and then connection to being boy-friendly. Uh, adventure therapy so really everything fitting through the lens of what works for boys the forge school is a uh, from uh, for boys 14 to 17 it's a therapeutic boarding school and um, um, you know so its intention is is to help heal these boys and their families who have been having issues um, uh, many of them significant issues in the world so um, yeah so the forge school it's on wonder of parenting Dot com and people can click to it. And before you do um, talk about Greg Jantz, let me say two other quick things. One is our Gurian Institute Summer Training Institute is going to be end of June. It's virtual. If people go to gurianinstitute.com, you see it right away. You click the green band and you can learn more about it and register. And if you like this podcast, I think you will love that. And then Greg, you're going to talk about Greg, his latest yep. book, The Anxiety Reset. I just read it again. Great book. Oh, good, good. Well, I'm glad you said that because I I, uh, I think that uh, after a year or so of living in COVID, uh, we've all had our anxiety levels heightened immensely. Mm -hmm. So it couldn't have been a better book for a better time. And he's such a good author anyway. Uh, he, he writes very practically. He's very accessible in his writing. And uh, you can learn more about Greg and not only his books, but about the great work they're doing up at the Center of Place of Hope in the Seattle area, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com for all the information. That's also a place, by the way, where you can leave us questions if you have them, and we will put them in the queue and get to them as soon as we can. Uh, today's topic is not so much a question from a listener, but it's um, something that's come out of my own uh, experience the last few weeks watching TV. Uh, I try to watch 
British a British newscast every day just to try to get a world perspective. And about a month ago now, uh, there was a big story that was gripping uh, the whole country of England, and that was uh, a young woman who had been walking home and uh, went missing. And it turned out later on that she had been taken, she had been murdered, and the offender was a police officer. What this led to in England was a big discussion about the safety of women, uh, especially when they're out on their own. And the story was that this was a woman who, right as she was about to head home, walking home, she texted a friend. She said, I'm leaving. Uh, I'll text you when I get back. She stayed on all the lighted roads, and yet she was still in danger and, and ended up losing her life. And many of the discussions then were about uh, how women feel unsafe in the streets. And that, of course, morphed into discussions about male violence. And uh, it, it started getting to the point where uh, you could hear commentators just basically say all men are violent and all men uh, are going to prey on women. And thankfully, there were some female anchors who were interviewing men who were very careful to, to not say that, who uh, said, hey, we recognize that most men are not violent, but women don't feel safe. And uh, so they talked about some things that men can do to help women feel safe. If a man is walking down a street and a woman is by herself, some things that man can do so that that woman knows that she's safe, that he's not a threat. And it raised for me, uh, you know, a lot of issues. Uh, One of them is um, this whole thing about male violence. And it's real. And yet, how do we talk about it without making our boys feel that they're violent and they're destined to grow up to be violent? And secondly, then how do we help males help women feel safe around them? And thirdly, um, recognizing that there is male violence, how do we protect our girls in a world where there are some men who are violent? So there are so many things that came to, to me as I was watching this, and I thought, I can't think of anybody better to talk about this than Dr. Michael Gurian. And by coincidence, he's on the show today. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So, Michael, uh, you've heard a little bit, and you and I have talked about this a little bit off the air, um, and we don't have to be specific to this one incident. It's a, it's a big, broad discussion. What are some initial reactions you have to the whole topic? Well, yeah, you're, you're raising so many different issues, and you'll probably have to keep swinging me back to them because those are a lot of great questions. I, I think my overall, you know, I've been, been working in this area for, for many decades, and we are, we we um, sort of have to separate the science from the media, you know, and and I, I just hope we'll always use the science. Um, the first thing that we want to do and need to do is to obviously to protect. That's our that's our primal drive. We have to protect. So those males who are, uh, and in this case, we're not just protecting girls and women, we're protecting boys and men. We want to remember that between six and 10 times uh, the amount of violence is perpetrated on males than females, right? So females are relatively well protected. That story didn't, didn't say that. And, and an, individual, an individual female who has been hurt by a male, of course, can feel traumatized and unprotected the rest of her life. Um, uh, but statistically, um, more violence is perpetrated on males than females. And we need to protect all of these people who are vulnerable from the bad guys. So I mean, I mean, I think our foundation has to be there are bad guys, 
And there are bad women out there. You know, there are bad people out there. And um, uh, we need to protect people from them. So if, if a city decides to institute uh, some education campaigns, like, okay, this happened in London. From now on, you know, this is what we would like the men to do. If they would please do this, if they see a woman walking alone, would you please do this? I think that's great. That gives me as a male a sacred role. I'll do that. I mean, as long as it's not saying I'm going to hurt her, as long as it's more in the realm of like when I went to college and and we were girls were supposed to always find a guy to walk home with. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to buddy up with a guy um, if it's late at night, like from the library midnight. Okay, that seems really logical. I mean, I think all of those things we should always do uh, because our, we need to protect. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, but in terms of the, the male violence, the second thing we can do to protect our society is we can spend our time understanding where this violence comes from, why these people are violent. And by the way, it is, I keep wanting to say it is not just males. Um, the CDC uh, the CDC every year puts out its data on domestic violence, right, which is intimate partner violence, and more women than men hit their partners. More women than men hit their partners. This comes as a shock to people because the, the narrative is that men hit women. Well, men when men hit women, they hit harder and they cause more damage. And if they do that, they will go to jail. That's part of how we will protect women. Uh, but but women, you know, we've got to kind of say to the world, okay, wait a minute. Um, we can handle male violence as a category. That's fine. That means understanding males and why they become violent. But we are going to have to understand all of the violence and that everyone is violent. And you and I have talked many times about my, my childhood in which the father was passive. It was my mother who beat her children with coat hangers, including myself. And, and my sister was taken out of the home. So, right, by CPS. So the next layer is, wait a minute, we, we are dealing with violence. And, and um, it's not just male violence, it's violence. How do we deal with that? And then third comes male violence. And my argument has always been that we need to reset, uh, to use Greg's word, reset our culture so that we look at male violence from the perspective of biology and uh, neurobiology and, and stop looking at it from this kind of dead end, which is toxic masculinity. That's a dead end because toxic masculinity doesn't cause violence. Violence is a neural issue, right? It's caused in the brain um, via significant depression, dysphoria, um, fight or flight, and all sorts of things that we have talked about on this show. Got to handle that at a biological level. And I don't 
I do not think our culture is doing that uh, or is putting any energy into that. I think our culture is basically trying to think we will solve male violence uh, through the concept of toxic masculinity. Um, uh, so I, those are three things that hit me. I, I don't know if I answered all your questions, though. Well, no, that's, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great start. So if we want to speak about male violence, let's start with our boys. Uh, we're trying to raise our boys into good men. They're hearing these stories about male violence. They're hearing stories about toxic masculinity. How do we talk to our boys about masculinity, good masculinity, recognizing that you know, violence can be a part of our story if we're not careful. How do we do that without our boys thinking, well, I'm toxic, I'm violent, that's just the way it's going to be? Yeah, I, I myself don't think the to toxic masculinity thing is going to really lead us too many places. I know colleagues of mine disagree with my, me on that, and I, I certainly, it's free speech, and everyone should should use the concept that works for them. But I'm not, uh, you know, masculinity itself masculinity does does not allow violence against women so to say that males are violent because of toxic masculinity just does not make sense uh, masculine development has always been about protecting uh, uh, ch women and children that that's the core of masculinity is you will protect women and children so that's why I think that's a that's kind of a dead end and I think it's a it's a sort of an escape from really dealing with the biology of male violence and looking at the the environmental neurotoxins and all of these things. Um, so I would like to, to see us look at all those things, the trauma, the loss of father, lack of father attachment, the things that are actually causal of male violence, look at those. And then with our kids, our boys, as you said, talk to them about those things. You know, um, you can't change the narrative that the media loves. It loves toxic masculinity, but each family can be talking to their boys about what is the line between aggression and violence. And when you have an impulse, where do you take that impulse? And of course, you know, I suggest in every family that there's a place if the boy gets angry, he goes to that anger place, you know, he's four or five years old, he gets his Nerf bat and he bangs on the on that cushion there and he moves that through his system. And so he's never hitting anything living, never. And then later he'll like a punching bag maybe. And he takes these impulses inside himself and he works them through through his body, and he he he's he's not going to become violent, you know, um, especially if he has not been significantly traumatized, which could wire him for depression. He hasn't been hit with neurotoxins, which could wire him for lower testosterone and then depression. And he has he has not lost father or primary attachments throughout much of his childhood, which can wire him for the depression, because it's male depression that that creates male violence. In other words, males who go kill and hurt people are depressed. And, and that's something they will do. One of their options when they are significantly depressed are these psychotic episodes. So I, I would rather we use more science across the board with our kids. I would rather we use more science and less of this kind of floating soft stuff that's not gonna solve the problem. Yeah, so along those lines, and I remember one of the, there was a man who was talking, and he, he was trying to figure out, you know, how he can, if he's walking down a street, sees a woman by herself, things that he can do so that she knows he's not a threat. And he referenced, he didn't say where it was from, but he referenced some survey that said something like over 90% of all women have been sexually harassed. And I... Oh, no, I, that's not I, true. I, I thought... 
and, and we've heard those kinds of things before. We used to have that with, uh, you know, how many women on college campuses were being raped. And the numbers just didn't, couldn't possibly add up unless every single man is a predator, right? So how do we, for our daughters now, how do we speak to our daughters about masculinity and men and at the same time let them know that there are some men and of course some women but there are some men who may be a danger to them and and how do we do that so that girls don't grow up frightened of frightened of men or thinking all men are violent well yeah a lot of what's going to happen for the girls is the the men around them as they're growing up you know they're they're going to get their deepest impression of what manhood is or men are from their from their older brothers from their father from their stepfather from uh grandfather you know that that's really where it's going to happen um because luckily they're not actually as involved in all that stuff that that you and i have to respond to because it's because the media you know creates these bizarre concepts like 90 percent of women have been raped or whatever they are and and does that all to keep this narrative going, right? Because a lot of people make millions, tens of millions of dollars from keeping the narrative going that males are basically bad and um, harmful and defective. Uh, so we have to pay attention to that, but our girls are gonna be having good models in their lives. And, and, and even though their father will be imperfect, I know I certainly was, but, you know, they, they, they have all these models of guys who are safe and they can trust. And so they, they will be safe in their lives and they will trust. And then there will be those moments when that girl raised by all those wonderful guys then is, right, has stranger violence somewhere. But we got to remember, statistically, stranger violence is rare. Most of the violence <clears throat> that girls and women experience, most of that violence is someone they know. Hmm. Right, it's domestic violence. It could be their partner um, uh, or husband. It's um, it could be abuse from someone in their, uh, and even if even a date rape, it's someone they know. So, um, so that's where we, I think, spend most of our time because that's what's most data driven, what's what's most science driven, and what's most real. Um, and meanwhile, uh, like I said previously, we should certainly do anything possible to protect. A, a young woman of 21, let's say, walking down the street in the dark at midnight. You know, if I'm if I happen to be walking, what I what I will do is I will I will go about 20 feet from her, and I will say, I am worried for you. Um, I'm not a predator. I'm just an old guy with gray hair, but I'm worried for you. I think this isn't a good neighborhood. Can I walk you home? If and I, you have no reason to trust me, but I, you know, so at least I am doing my part right, to help her. And she, of course, can choose to say no, and she goes on her way. Um, uh, and I hope we're walking the same way so I can, you know, be 30 feet behind her and and not scare her and make sure she gets home. I'm going to do my part. But we got to remember that that uh, most men are obviously not hurting women. Um, and, and I just, you know, when someone says 90% of women are sexually harassed and all these things, we just got to go back to the data. You know, that, that's just not true. And we have to fight the data. But just our kids are okay. My girls are okay. Your daughter, Alicia, you know, they're obviously they're all adults now. They, they're they okay. They had so many good male role models in their lives that they're going to, you know, they, I don't think, will be thinking that all guys are bad. And, and thank God for that. Our family has grown. 
Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. Yeah. So speaking of my daughter, Alicia, so she went to school in London, uh, in college and mm. graduate school. Mm. And I know that there were many times she was walking by herself at night. It just drove me crazy. Yeah. Right. And I, are you nuts? Um, and you know, and I didn't want her to think that, you know, every time she goes out by herself, there's some guy waiting to hurt her. But at the same time, we live in a world where that does happen. And I, uh, so I, I know some of the discussions in, in London around this woman were, well, why can't women go out and walk at midnight by themselves and feel safe? Um, and one, one of their, uh, ministers of parliament, uh, she was, she was, I don't know if she was tongue in cheek or not, but she said, I think I'm of, of offering a, a suggestion that we create a curfew so that men have to be off the streets by 6 PM so that women will always feel safe. And, and I wonder if, uh, how do we say to our daughters, most men are okay, but don't take dumb risks? Um, and I would right. say that even to my son. Right. I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm not yeah. walking around the streets of London by myself at night. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you totally. I, I, um, my daughters, when they each went off to college, um, and I think maybe you and I have joked about this on a previous podcast. I was serious, joking, but serious. When they went off, the movie Taken had just come out. Oh, yeah. I think when either my older, yeah, it was my older Gabrielle. When she went off to college or no, when she went, she went into the Peace Corps in, uh, she was in the Peace Corps for two years in China. And when she went into the Peace Corps, you know, I, as the protective father, I'm like freaking, a little bit freaking out, even though China's fine. It's a great country, but, but it's primal, right? There's my daughter. Yep. She weighs maybe a hundred pounds and she's maybe five foot two and she's going or five foot three. And there she goes off into the big world. And I, I said to her, Oh my gosh, you know, I don't have those skills um, <laughs> that Liam Neeson has. And if people have not seen the movie taken, it's a really good thriller, but it's, you know, it's for us parents of daughters, I made me totally squeamish. And, um, and so things like that, like, and they went off to college. I would say, I said to them, you know, I would send them things to read this, you know, and don't ever take a drink from anyone at a frat party or at a party mm. that you yep. haven't seen that drink be poured because look at these roofies. So, you know, that's that's natural. That's primal. We should absolutely do that as dads and as as friends of these girls. And we should train them to be safe. Um, and, and to your and to your larger point, though, um, uh, I I don't think we solve, you know, we certainly don't solve male violence by having curfews. That's not going to happen. And right. we we don't solve male violence the way we're trying to solve it now, which is, which have you said, just vilifying all males. You know, that whole bandwagon that has existed for maybe 40, 50 years and that I think will continue. That's always going to be a strain in our culture because, again, people are making millions, even billions of dollars off that. So they're going to keep doing it. 
but we solve this by looking at violence biologically and um, and serving the needs of males far better than we do. That is how we keep them from being violent with females. Mm-hmm. But that is a harder concept for a social media driven culture, right? Because that's complex. Right. And easier concept is curfew them or say they all males are harassers or all of these things. You know, with our own kids, folks who are listening to this, you have young kids, uh, you definitely have to be conscious when raising both girls and boys to turn off that stuff. Like you have to turn off the social media and the anti-male stuff. Be really honest, you know, about impulse control and self-regulation and morality and, you know, raise good men. Absolutely. Um, but you got to turn this other stuff off or you you'll go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I think, and you know, I'm speaking as a dad, um, to, to, to be able to raise my sons, now my, my grandsons, my granddaughters with this noble sacred view of masculine and feminine. Uh, but at the same time to say to, to them, but we still live in a world that has broken people in it, violent people in it. And, we always have to be careful and not put ourselves into situations that aren't wise. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either to say right, part right. of being a good man, part of being a good woman is just to be wise and, and don't put yourself into situations where you could be potentially hurt. Um, and that's not because everybody around you is trying to hurt you, but there are those people out there and um, just be aware and, and live your life, but be aware, if nothing else. Yeah, be aware, be a good critical thinker. Yeah. Think about, you know, think about, and one of the things like with college, one of the things I remember telling my girls, because of course I'm steeped in all the research always, is, um, you know, you guys, almost all of the violence, rape, and sexual assault that happens on college campuses, and, it's, and it is, by the way, much more rare than people um, think it is from the headlines, but it absolutely does happen. And most of it happens while drinking. Yep. Most of it happens while drinking. Yep. And so part of my message to them was, you know, guys are good guys. You're a good person. You're going to be attracted. You know, uh, we're not going to be anti-guy here. But you guys drink, or let's say if he drinks, um, you know, these are the kinds of things that happen. And so I would show them the research. And, of course, you're referring to the research that came out um, uh, that was sort of false research that got used for, well, it's still used to say that one in five college women is sexually assaulted. Um, so, so it wasn't true. It's around, you know, s- around six in a thousand, according mm-hmm. to Bureau of Justice Statistics. So it's a much smaller number, but, but for those six, it's, it's very yep. significant, of course. Right. And, and I would try to show them that and say, you know, you don't want to be this six. And by the way, almost all the time that came while drinking. So yep. be really careful about drinking. And, and I was trying to teach them about male brain and about, about how much less of the frontal the male brain uses. So when alcohol gets in, he's not as connected to the frontal as she is, right? And so his impulse, he doesn't control the impulse and he does something wrong and he, he'll go to jail for it. But meanwhile, she's hurt by it. So I've got to right. help her to understand that his brain doesn't control impulse like hers does, especially when there's booze. So, you know, I think the nuance is better. The nuance is better admitting that there is male violence out there that we don't like it that we're all working hard to get rid of it yes uh and meanwhile teaching nuance to protect yeah yeah well said well said uh 
this is such a, a difficult topic, and it's an important topic, and um, hopefully for those of you who are parents, we've given you a little insight into how to navigate that. Uh, and again, I, I think the takeaway for me listening to you, Michael, is let's raise our boys to be good men, let's raise our girls to be good women, and let's raise them to be responsible, critical thinkers, uh, to recognize that the world is filled with good, and it's got some bad stuff. And uh, oh, yeah. we just need to be wise in where we are, when we are. And um, and again, just to realize that most people are there to help you, not to hurt you. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, there's going to be that person. And uh, just be wise. Yep. Well said. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we hope this has been helpful. We will get back to your questions again for the next podcast. And Michael, thank you so much. Thank you, Tim. That was a That's a deep one. We could have done yep. this one for 10 hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, I'm sure we'll come back to it as we go along. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And we hope to join you again next time for the Wonder of Parenting podcast. Have a great week.